Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. We now have a Patreon for fans of our show to help keep this going. Subscribers will become a part of the show in various ways, from providing questions to our guests, to getting a shout out on the show, to actually being on the show to chat with us. We'll even send you a mug. So check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talking lion. We recorded this episode with our good friend, Salem Elise. I first met Salem in Boston through her manager, Carol Carlson, and wound up in a session with her and Bendik Mahler, where we wrote her first single, Impatient. Since then, we collaborated on the entirety of her EP, 757. Likewise, I first met Salem a year later while she was visiting LA, after hearing a lot about her from Noah. We wrote a song called Splinter together in our first session, and we've all been good friends ever since. Some context for this interview. We recorded this on March 7th, and it was our last in-person interview we did before the quarantine. Salem had recently released a single called Roses to His Ex. An incredible songwriter with endless concept ideas, Salem has become a rising voice in pop music that we're grateful to call our close friend and collaborator. So, without further ado, I'm Salem, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hello. Hi. <laughs> Before we were recording, we were talking about uh, Werther's mm-hmm. uh, in comparison to Lifesavers. Yes. <laughs> and how uh, Werther's, you can choke on them, but Lifesavers, you can't. Yeah. Uh, so this episode is brought to you by Werther's and the construction outside the house. Woohoo. Um, Love that. <laughs> how are you, Salem? I am great. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's how funny. I feel, I feel like this is like well overdue, like yes. considering, uh, you know, we all kind of go back a decent amount. Heck yeah. Um, but, but you know, we finally got a day in the books. We yeah. We got a day to do, to do the, the whole thing. And, um, uh, you know, you, you had some songs that come out recently. There's songs that are coming out that will probably be out by the time this comes out. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that we can, we can chat about. Let's start all the way at the beginning. Okay. You're from San Francisco? I am. Okay. Yes. I remember just because there was the one time that we all went out to oh, San yeah. Francisco. Oh, yeah. We were all in San Francisco together. And we that had was a, a fun time. We had a full day. We um, did. That was actually like highlight of the year. Um, it was just really fun, like wandering with you and Bendik. That was wonderful. Around. I tell that story a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Which part of it? Because there was the, there's the story of just the regular day, and then there's the story of how we almost died. Yeah. So it starts usually at the fake ID incident. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went to the arcade, and I was waiting in line, and then <laughs> we get there. And the bouncer's like, "Hi, like it's my first day. I have to get my." manager in to check all these IDs because you know most of them were from out of the US. So the manager <laughs> comes and he looks at mine. He's like, oh can I get this is easy. Snaps it. And then he's like, come back when you're not 12. <laughs> I love that. Got him. Got <laughs> him. Humiliating. Well Wonderful. so then then we decided to like walk to the next Then bar. it was your idea to walk. We were in the panhandle and you wanted to walk to a bar I don't in, know in locations. I don't know anything about San Francisco. <laughs> Which is precisely trend. why you shouldn't have been the one leading this expedition. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who let me lead. You wouldn't show me you wouldn't Show me the map. Oh, you were yeah. like, I was like, oh, so how? No, long I think to walk? I think you knew that no one would want to walk, but this yeah. is the only way to get there. Yeah, and you you were like, oh, it's it's not far. I'm like, okay, it's so like ten minutes. You're yeah. like, 
No, it was like 40 minutes. We were trekking <laughs> for 40 minutes. I just was really enjoying the evening and wanted to just sort of walk. It was the, great. Uh, yeah. Uh, except for. Great, great uh, evening, except. <laughs> well, so we were walking and we see this like guy like sort of in the distance. But then he, you know, he's on the other side of the street and, he, and he's, he's, he's pretty quick. Yeah. He's, he's now somewhat Saying parallel some to us. Screaming at the, us a little. He was screaming a little bit. And then he started whistling the Kill Bill theme. Just the which, most terrifying yeah. thing you can do. So scary. I think like half of us knew what it was and half of us like tensed, like didn't know. Mm-hmm. I know. Bendik definitely did not know. Yeah. I, he had I, no idea. I tensed up. I know there was one person who was wondering why we all freaked out at the same time. But we heard like the, um like a. Oh. And we fucking. <laughs> We just all simultaneously started. Sprinting. We just started just running. <laughs> there was no discussion. We just all—all all of us well, slowly all started accelerating. Okay. <laughs> we just all and then just we were like full on running. Sprinting. We just—that's yeah. the most I'd run in a very long time. <laughs> it was—it was terrifying, and then we wound up at like a pirate theme bar. Of great like, bar. Oh, it was a great bar. Yeah, and the, the bartender gave us like that free shot at the very end. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. We were the last people there in the basement. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they gave us the a big barrel mug. Yeah, yeah. They I love it. Served rum. Good memes. Oh man, that was really fun. Well, so that was our first time in San Francisco, but you're that was my last night in San Francisco, actually. Really? Yeah, because I moved out to LA. Oh, oh, right. The morning after, right? Mm -hmm. We were talking about like, oh, we should have coordinated better to come. Yeah, yeah, and like race each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) What was it like growing up in in was was it in the city or was it? No, so I was born in the city, um, and then moved. My family and I moved to Mill Valley when I was like two or three. Because they wanted to put me in schools right outside the city, um, which was super fun. Yeah, I really liked it. It was nice. Were you worried that if you broke any rules, they'd send you to Alcatraz? <laughs> no, I actually, the first time I had gone to Alcatraz was with a foreign exchange student from France that was staying at my house. I had never been. I, like, hadn't done anything touristy, really, you know, because I'm from there. Sure. So I just hadn't gotten around to it. And she really wanted to go to Alcatraz. <laughs> so we did. And it was kind of underwhelming. Well, the, fu- the, the fun part about, like, having, like, tourists in town is that you get to do the touristy yeah. stuff. Um, like, I mean, we go to Griffith anyway, but my favorite thing is, like, showing out of towners, the observatory. I haven't stuff. been there yet. We gotta go. Yeah, gotta go. We gotta, gotta go. go. Um, gotta do it. That's awesome. Now, were you were you musical from a young age? Were your parents musical? Like what? What sort of you know? Yeah. Gave you the bug. So my mom did a lot of singing. Um, I think she played the flute as well when she was oh. younger. Um, but then she became more of a visual artist. So she did painting. She's a jewelry maker. Um, very talented. But that was kind of like the creative Bracelet side of things. Maker. Yeah, she's my. She makes all my merch, my bracelets. You have like a um, bag of like hundreds of I have Salem so bracelets many. that your mom makes. I have so many. They all have different song titles on them, and she's awesome. <laughs> she like makes them before the song comes out. So like right when the song comes out, I already have the new song merch. She's the best. I feel like it's like a collector's item. Like I, like I want yeah. like one for each. I, I think I have one for each. You song. definitely do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I love it. You um, buy them in a set. Off of yeah. for 300 bucks. Yeah, one yeah. day, one day I'll start selling them. For now, I still just like throw them at people. I'm like, <laughs> you can have one. It's guerrilla marketing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a little music on that side. But when I was four, I guess, I don't really remember, but I started singing just about random stuff. You know, I would talk about my stuffed animals. Like, <laughs> I had a lot of webkins and my little ponies. I love webkins. I would, I would make songs about them. <laughs> and I went to this camp that had a recording booth, and it was like, a walk from my house. It was super close. Was it a music camp? No. It was, so it was, just it was a reg- called Stephen Kate's Camp. And it was just this amazing couple named Stephen Kate 
And I thought it was one guy named Stephen Cage. Yeah. That's, 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 that's exactly what I thought too. I was like, I was like Stephen Cage's camp. I'm like, I'm like, what's this guy, and why does this specific man need to what have a, a camp? Stephen yeah. Cage. I like to imagine Steve- it was like a day camp that also just had a swim in the lake and yeah. play and play tetherball and also record your demos. Yeah, no, you know? that's literally oh. what it was. So they had like, <laughs> like they had a rock, rock climbing wall. They had like bathtub races. It was very odd. It was like it was like carts that looked like bathtubs okay. and they were motorized. You went around and track. It was honestly like a kid's dream. It was so cool and it was five minutes from my house. So I'd go there every summer, every day. And I tried everything. They had like clay. So it was really just like me testing <laughs> out what I wanted to do in life. Um, and I was terrible at everything except the recording booth. So I was just in there all the time. And I have all these CDs from when I was like four and Aww. five. And one day when I release my first album, I'm going to put them all as bonus tracks. They're Aww. terribly embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah, so my parents caught on really fast. They were like, oh, she likes music. She likes singing. Let's put her in chorus. So I did some chorus classes in elementary school and liked it. I did some musical theater. And then I did a songwriting program when I was 12 and it was in the marina of San Francisco. It was like in Fort Mason Center, super nice location right on the water. It was kind of like a little bit of like a hippie camp. It was really fun. Everyone was super chill. I was the youngest person. So I showed up and then the instructor was Bonnie Hayes. Oh, shit. Yeah, is now the head of the songwriting department at Berkeley College of Music. And she literally like took me under her wing. I think the first thing she said to me, I walked in with like, a JC Penny shirt on and it had sequins <laughs> all over it. And I walked in and she was like, I have the same shirt. Let's twin. <laughs> and I was like, that. okay. <laughs> Wait, so she, She's great. Was she working at Berkeley at the time? And this no. is her summer gig? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, she hadn't been offered the job yet. Um, she's just from San Francisco. Oh, wow. And okay. yeah, she, I think she actually started that program, Blue Bear. Um, which I owe so much to. They're amazing. Bonnie's so like the glue there. that holds the songwriting department yeah, together. You she's know? amazing. Yeah, like she's and and what I liked about her is like I was never like a in the songwriting classes or anything like that. But she made sure to keep an ear to the ground for anybody not in the major who was still mm. sort of like making yeah. moves and stuff. I love that. So she talked to like she talked to us. Like she made sure to know. Like not just what was happening in the songwriting classes, but like outside. Yeah, she really cared about the ethos, ethos of the major. You know? yeah. I also love that you like found your your passion in uh in in summer camp. Yeah, like, I, feel, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like summer camp is like so formative. I you know looking it really is looking back. I didn't do any of the activities uh in summer camp, but spent a lot of time playing Pokemon on my Game Boy, <laughs> which I think was all the training I needed for the music industry. Because now it's go. just everybody coming up to me and challenging me to a duel. Yeah, that, that, know, that is the music the industry. That is the music well, industry. Well, likewise, I I went to. The two summer I never went to like American like paddle your canoe down a like river kind of camp, but uh, because I was super <laughs> into video that. games, my parents were like oh let's put him in nerd camp. I went to cyber <laughs> camp, camp two years in a row, no way. which was like video game design camp, and oh, I that's did so like video cool. game design courses, and we just were just in a you know in a camp with a bunch of super nerds for a couple weeks, and it was it was in the second the second round of this camp that I went to that they had rock bands set up. And that's when I was like, I realized that I was gravitating more towards the music side of the video games than the video game side of the video games. And, nice. and that's when I, that, that was the moment for me that I look back on that I'm like, that's when I was like, I don't want to be one of these nerds. I want to be a different kind of nerd. <laughs> I, I might, <laughs> a I might. A musical nerd. A musical nerd. So when did you start writing songs? Oh boy. I mean, if you count my stuffed animal songs, then I guess four, <laughs> but probably seriously, like 12, I would say. What like, made you realize you could write like a thing? Because I feel like the like I listened to so much music growing up, but the actual idea that you could make it, because like, it felt like a sort of turning point. Was it just? I don't know. Like screw it, I'm, uh, this is fun. I'm gonna write some words and do. You this. know, I think it started because 
I'm not very good at learning songs. Like learning huh. covers is never my strong suit. I don't know why. Just like memorizing other people's lyrics is harder for me than memorizing my own. So as a kid, I would always just sing whatever, you know? Like right. I wouldn't sing a song. I would just sing in whatever came out. Came out. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat similar. I remember um, I was a big fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And then I remember crying to my dad that like there was no piano in a lot of their songs. I was a piano player. And, I, and my dad sort of like said, well, if you want songs with piano, make a song with a piano. That's like, great advice. Huh. That's wise. That's, I love that. All right. All right. <laughs> now, were you any, in any bands or performing while you were in high school? Um, I did a little performing, but it was all by myself. Um, just me and a keyboard. I wanted to be Nora Jones really bad. Uh, I wanted to be like vibe. adult Same. contemporary you know, jazz vibes, a little bit of jazz. Yeah. I liked all the chord changes. <laughs> it was so funny. Like I used way more theory in my writing, like before I went to Berkeley than I ever do now. That's it's so funny. so funny. <laughs> Listening back to like the stuff I did when I was 15, it's wild. There's Honest, so many chord changes. Honestly, same. Yeah. Like right? I feel like I yeah. went to Berkeley wanting to like make all this crazy yeah. music. And I learned like everything I ever needed to learn about that in like harmony too. Mm -hmm. And then I and then I and then I fell in love with pop music and I was like, never mind. <laughs> no, I, I was I was yeah, I didn't know you could play outside the key uh, until I until I got to school. Really? And then they like they're teaching you like secondary dominance and like all that, whatever. And I'm just like, well, you can't play that note in that key. Yeah. Like what? That's not that's, allowed. That's not allowed. Someone actually told me that in a session the other day. Like they're yeah. like, that's not allowed. I, I played a song and they were like, that's all great. Except for that one synth line. That's just, it's wrong. I'm like, what? Excuse me. They're like, yeah, it's it's not in the key. It's non-diatonic. I'm like, I know that's that's why I put it in there. Yeah. Have you have you heard? Uh, like, it's uh, just wrong though. <laughs> the song Yeah by Usher. Probably. It's got that, that whistle line that goes weird. Have you heard the guitar solo in Give You Hell by All American Rejects? Oh, yes. so good. You know? <laughs> it's amazing. It's got that crazy, like, just lands on some. Um, no, but yeah. But, but, but that's, that's the thing is, I guess when I was learning with, like, I learned kind of from my dad and from my grandma. And I remember when we would play, like, I would sort of solo over my dad playing chords. And my dad oh, would be nice. like, okay, we're in this key, which means you can you can play these notes, but you can't play these notes. And so in my head, it's like, you can play it's these notes, but you can't play these notes. That's wild. And yeah, then you get to then you get to Berkeley, and they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, it's jazz. you can play all of them." <laughs> I'm like, "That's yeah. fucked up." <laughs> you mess up just college. Learn this Charlie Parker tune. But then you and it's See like, but happens. you can't play minor seconds. But then also sometimes you can play minor seconds, and sometimes you should play minor seconds. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "Oh man, uh, you gotta." Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, "Gee, gee, golly whiz, <laughs> gee, golly whiz." Yeah, and then I, I overdid Berkeley. it on the flat two major seventh chord. <laughs> We've I think, all got our vices. I think Berkeley just taught me how to make everything more simple. Yeah. Like really strip it down to what it needs to be. You know? Taught me all the chords and then said, use maybe four. Yeah. <laughs> See what you can do with that. I feel like a lot of like w what I learned in theory or whatever came down to if the song wants it, that's what you should do. Like mm -hmm. I, I feel like there are a lot of people who will throw these crazy chords and then like try to write a melody around it. I know all these people who also write crazy melodies and then try to throw chords around it. Yeah. The big thing is like, I feel oftentimes like there's songs want something specifically. Like they, they have their own sort of internal driving energy and force. And I so agree. You know, that's why there's that alliteration and that rhyme and that melody line or whatever. Like there is, I think a best version of a song Yeah. in everything you know, every song that winds up getting made. And sometimes not the best version of the song comes out. Mm -hmm. I think like it takes, it's like a 
the idea of like you got a block of marble and the thing's already in there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've That's always a cool. I've cool always way felt that way. It. I always think of it as like a little puzzle. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it's million dollar word puzzle, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like yeah. So, some people are like SpongeBob and they just like hit it once and it's yeah. like the David. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just yeah. perfect. Yeah, just and then other, other people you gotta like you chip away at it. It's like definitely. Yeah. But it's like it's there. It's in there. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I feel like what just theory taught me was like, okay, if if I'm hearing this thing or like if it if it needs something or it needs something weird or it needs something, you know, unstable or whatever, this is how you get there and this is how you get out. Yeah. Cool. I feel like anybody who's like, you can't do that. Or like <laughs> the theory is wrong. I'm like, fuck off, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me live. I look at the relationship between lyric and melody kind of similar as what you were saying. So like, you know, instead of writing a crazy melody and then trying to fit all the lyrics in or opposite i always think that if you know what you want to say then and if you have like you know something resembling the lyric that you know you want to have in it there's a melody that will best match it just by like the intonation of speaking the words yeah so i always try and like if i have the chorus lyric for example i just try and say it and then see if there's a melody in the flow of how i said it and then try and piece it together that way when we're in sessions and like the track's playing and somebody's going like da and they're like can you write like lyrics that like go to that i'm 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 like that's my least favorite thing maybe but also yeah also why yeah i'm because it won't be great they're like like i get i get where people are hearing sort of rhythms of melodies and whatever and sometimes there are certain melodies that you have to that only work if you sing them with a certain rhythm likewise certain rhythms that you can't do a lot of melodic stuff around. But by and large, it's like if you're trying to say something, I feel like that kind of comes first. And then, okay, maybe you try to match this thing or maybe you try like, and I get that that's where the work comes in. Yeah. But when somebody's like, yeah, the rhythm could be something like, da 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 I'm like, sick. Has any, <laughs> that's cool. All right. Uh, 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 fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I was, I was reading this, this article recently about how, the meaning part of music and the sort of music part of music are processed in sort of different regions of the brain. And that's like, like our our brain's ability to process like the lyrics and like the meaning of a song are, is processed in a different place and very differently by the audio part of the brain that just hears music, which makes perfect sense. Cause like there are some people who just like hear music as music and have a hard time listening to lyrics. I kind of used to be one of those people. I'm less of that kind of person now, but like it's been kind of a conscious effort to listen more to meaning. But that's also why in a session, like you can go really deep into being like, how do we want this to sound versus what do we want it to mean? But the best stuff always tends to be right in the middle or like where those two parts of the brain are working yeah. together. Wow. Or no, no compromise like, being made. Yeah, no compromise are being made. Or yeah, that you're, you know. And like you, you can like chip away at like finding the middle ground, but like sometimes it just clicks. Like sometimes it's just there. Like where the meaning and the and the and the sort of melody are like one and the same, and that's yeah. like what we're all trying to find. Two things. The first is that I feel like you don't need to necessarily compromise what you're trying to say for what works musically. Like there's always going to be a rhyme or something that mm-hmm. works at, that you don't have to force. That like whatever. Definitely. That's where the work comes in. But the other thing for me personally is that I like writing lyrics. So if you you know if somebody comes in and they're like, you know, they don't really give a fuck about what they're saying, then you know, that's like hiring like a landscaper to trim your uh uh okay, new metaphor. <laughs> it's 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 like calling a mechanic to like fix your bike, like your bicycle. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, it's like yeah, I guess I 
I could sort of do that, but that's not what I spent my time learning how to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I get the parts make sense. Yeah. I like know. working with people that will let me go crazy on my lyrical rampages and then help me fix the melodies. Like <laughs> people who, like, for example, yeah. yes, <laughs> you and Bendik, like the three of us make such a great team, I feel like, because that always ends up happening. It's like, I know what I want to say. And then we kind of get there and then it's like tweaking all the melodies because, you know. Yeah, because my- I, I personally love the like tweaking of melodies. Like I love just like, okay, if we move this syllable yeah. around and like this part could be more symmetrical this way. Like I just love that side of it. That is not like, my personally. Strong I'm that with lyrics. Well, I'm but often he'll take like- my like he'll take my lyrics and then like, okay, like change one or two words to make it work with this different melody or mm-hmm. work in a different rhythm or yeah. like match something that happened yeah you're great that's at like that. a little it's like a little math puzzle it's like a, it's like a, it is a different part of the brain to the Definitely. part of to, to the other part of my brain it's just like i just want to write poetry and be an artist <laughs> like that's like like that's, i can connect with that at. side of it yeah. too but like i i feel like i just love the like stupid tinkery mechanic math part of it well that was For what sure. i loved about writing splinter with you um that which was such one, a fun that session. was like the first day we'd ever met you guys yeah you guys that was met, the first time we met wasn't that was the it? first time we met you guys wow. you guys had known each other for almost a year before you yeah. and i yeah we actually met, met when we wrote impatient yes that was great <laughs> we, we can tell that story yeah well i, I was just gonna i was just gonna yeah. reference yeah. you know we, we we met we wrote the song splinter but the splinter is such a wordy song it is and and all of the like like a lot of the rhymes like our internal rhymes and alliterations like it was definitely like two lyric people yes. going at it for a <laughs> just song just pages of lyrics just pages of lyrics you know i um, love that though but yeah i mean it's it's also just like that's one of my favorite favorite songs in general but like also the fact that that was our first day yeah. ever meeting but it was interesting meeting you and now we're going to we're going to circle back because it was interesting meeting you because i had i was ner- legitimately nervous because I had heard, I was nervous. I, no, I had heard so much about you from Noah, and also just like you, you're an insane writer. Like you're just so, so like so good. Stop. So you're like, okay, well she's so coming by, you? she's writing. Noah's in Boston. We're gonna have a session. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make a good first impression because she's she's worked with Noah for for months now. I gotta I gotta. I hope you guys know that I'm literally a fan of Sleeping Lion <laughs> to my core. Genuinely, like when I went to Berkeley, that's what I listened to. That's you guys wild. were my role models at Berkeley. Well, hey, we're we're big fans of you, obviously. You know, like, like we oh. like like I think that the people that I'm the most excited about in LA are the people who like in a way just scare the shit out of me a little bit. <laughs> like you, like Sophia Grappari, like there are people who just She's are amazing. Like who just write stuff that like <laughs> just is good. Stuff. That are fucking good. <laughs> I'm, I'm like shit. Okay, like how and you are great. also and those like, people. <laughs> it feels it feels like just like again like chipping away at the at the marble. Yeah. Um. But but okay. So you guys, how did you guys meet again? Like that. So I'm trying to condense the the details of this as much as possible. But in order to tell the story of how we met, I feel like I have to explain how I met Bendik in the yes. first place. Because I was there was one night in Boston where I was at work. It was like 10 p.m. I was like texting Amelia, Amelia Ali, our, our, our dear friend. And she's like, I'm bored. Do you want to come do a session like right now? And I'm like, yeah, screw it. Like that seems, that seems fun. And I went over to Bendix's house and met him for the first time. And uh, we wrote beautiful that night. And then I like at work the next morning, like sent over a bounce. And like, it was like kind of a like, in, especially now that the record's out and it's like a whole thing. Like it was a very different direction. And it was like a lot of weird production ideas, but I feel like Bendix, you know, fucked with it. And that was it. Like, that was the only time Bendik and I ever worked together. And then, like, a week later, uh, Caroline 
Carlson hits me up and has like, hey, like I'm, I have this artist uh, who I've been working with and I, I think she's really talented and I'm looking for uh, like indie pop producers and Bendik recommended you. And I'm like, I just met that guy like a week ago. Like he recommended me for this, for this. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like I'll, and then she sent me some of your, Carol sent me some of your demos. And I listened to it and I'm like, whoa, the writing on this is insane. Like this is like some of the craziest writing. What did like, she I've heard. send you? Um, I'm trying to think of what I had even back then. Um, it was this like, was like my first It was like Modern year. Tragedy was the one that I heard. Oh. And I was like, I was like, Okay, Throwback. whoa, like that's like, like, cause I feel like, I mean, not, not to be too jaded or cynical, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of like songwritery songs at Berkeley where people are just like, I don't, I don't know. There's like a lot of people who like write really generic stuff. And, and the June Moon Spoons. The June Moon Spoons. Uh, or like the songwriter songs. Yeah. And also just like the, the sort of, I want to be so-and-so, like I want to mm-hmm. be Julia Michaels type songs where it's like someone's just like taking such cues from something that they're really into. And like, that's a totally fine way to like grow as an artist. But like what struck me so much about like even something like modern tragedy, I'm just like this person like has like such a a fun and unique just thing about her. Like right from Aww. the jump, I'm like I would like love to like work on this project. Thanks. And then and then we we set up that session with you, me, and Ben Dick, and we that's the you know that's when the three of us all met for the first time, uh, and we wrote impatient. That was a great day. That was, yeah, it was a fun day. That was amazing. What, do you I guys remember so in that session, like, what, what was something that, like, made that song come alive for y'all? I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, like, It what, literally feels like a blur to me because I was so, yeah. terrified. <laughs> I was terrified, That too. was, like, my first, like, professional-seeming <laughs> session. So, yeah, Caroline Carlson, she's my savior. Shout out. Yeah, shout Freaking out. queen. I love her. So, yeah, I was a scared little Berkeley freshman in my second semester, and I went to a song screening. And I actually remember almost not going because it was snowing heavily and I was bundled up in my bed. I'm like, I should not leave this bed, but I did. And I, I was there 20 minutes late, <laughs> rolled on up. <laughs> and then Modern Tragedy is what I ended up playing, but it was like the worst bedroom demo I had ever <laughs> done. I, I'm not a producer. I can do like, you know, a solid bedroom demo. And I prefaced that to the people. I was like, yeah, like this is, this is very much a demo. And the mix was terrible. My vocals were like way too loud. You could barely hear anything else. But Caroline was there and she Facebook messaged me afterwards and she was like, hey, I really liked your song. I work in the A&R club. Um, I would love to help you out with some stuff. Let's grab a coffee. So I went to meet her and I actually met Caitlin Thornton that day too. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had a little coffee together. It was amazing. We were in the, the downstairs area of 150 just chatting. She was like, yeah, I would love to help you make a body of work. And I was like, okay, like what? She's like an EP. And I didn't even know like, (laughs) you know, what that entailed. I was like, okay, like how do I go about that? Do I just get these songs produced? And she's like, well, I think you should actually do some writing sessions. And you know, I wrote with people before, but I never like had a proper writing session where I like (laughs) schedule a time and you go in you do a thing and you leave with a demo. So she told me about you and about Bendik. And the way she, the way Bendik describes it is he actually didn't like anything that Caroline had sent him of me, but <laughs> he owed Caroline a favor. So he That's the like, most Bendik thing I think. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, yeah, sure. I guess I'll work with this small child. <laughs> um, yeah. One apartment then, late, two apartments later. One yeah. apartment later. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then we showed up and Caroline stayed the whole time 
through the impatient session, yeah. which I was also terrified of because I was like, oh, I need to I need to impress her, <laughs> you know. And then she ended up managing me, which was amazing. <laughs> I was also terrified during that session. Like, why I, were you terrified? I don't know. I think I was just going through something. I felt I at least my honestly my honest perspective or memory of that session is that I felt like I sat in the room and did nothing. I, I felt like I wanted to be like, all right, like I'm I, I want to be better about being a writer in sessions, and I feel like I just didn't contribute anything of value other than like maybe some piano chords. And I'm like, that's all I'm ever gonna be. That is I'm the just good at piano chords. I and I went to the bathroom. And I like I, I have a, a Finsta post from then. What I, I like I felt so shitty that day. Like really? I actually felt terrible <laughs> oh in goodness. that session. I felt so, like such a bout of imposter syndrome, oh. which is really funny looking back. That baffles me beyond. Because I was thinking the exact same thing <laughs> no, yeah. in my position. I was like, oh, they're doing so much. Like, ah, I need to need to contribute more. But that's, you know, I think there's something really beautiful looking back about that, that like, yeah. despite all of our like blistering insecurity, <laughs> that like something beautiful still came out of it, that even yeah. though we were all doubting ourselves, we still like just organically like wrote a really good song and like started like a beautiful friendship. And that's we really just, did. That's just, yeah, <laughs> that day means so much. Yeah. I think Ben was the only one not doubting himself during that, yeah. during that session. I think he was just like having a good time. Yeah. But, and we both were like anxious. You know, <laughs> that, that, if anything, yeah, he's probably the glue that held it together because he, he wasn't thinking at all about it. He yeah. was just he was a, like, a day at the office. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> another day, write another song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your favorite line from that song? Oh, boy. From, from Impatient. Oh, Garden Smells Like Gasoline. My garden smells like gasoline on the bus i dream of limousines yeah yeah okay i have a question what's that line about yeah so everyone asks me this <laughs> and i think i give a different answer every time <laughs> let's just reminisce about how that line came to be i know i did not suggest it i think it was you maybe <laughs> i think it was you or it was bendick or someone said I know that we thought of gasoline first yeah. as a rhyme. And we we're like, oh, that's a great rhyme. And then someone said garden. Someone said garden smells like gasoline. And then we all were like, oh, that's brilliant. Wait, what does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then we were like, oh, that's brilliant. So we were thinking like, you know, you're in a city. You don't really have a garden. It's just like a bus driving by. Yeah. That would be oh. a replacement garden. Okay. Yeah. I like that. It'd be like the absence of a garden. Okay. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, an I'm, industrial I'm, area. What, what's in, I, might, I, might have, I might have said this to you at one point, Sarah, but like what was interesting about the context of you guys also starting to work together is that when we, we moved out to Los Angeles together in September of 2017, mm. but Noah went back to Berkeley to get his degree January of 2018. Thank God. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, so, but the thing is, is that I remember getting a call probably around February. I remember actually I was in, I was in the last session with Sarah from Chance Violet. We were finishing Long nice. Shot when Noah called and he was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm not just staying for the spring semester. I'm also going to do a summer semester. I have to do a summer semester to get the degree. And I remember like for the first time really just like panicking about our career. I was like, okay, well, mm -hmm. if I'm here and you're in Boston, like, how are you going to do this? Like, but he was like, don't worry. Like we're going to do this thing remote as we always do, but also I'm working with people out here, like in Boston, who are moving out to Los Angeles, and they are awesome. They're really great people. And I, you know, I was like, I was like, uh, sure, okay, Berkeley people, whatever, like small, <laughs> small, small like, comforts, okay, June Moonspoons, songwriters, whatever. <laughs> like, like no shade, but you know, I, I was like, okay, like cool, cool, cool. And then I heard Impatient, and I was like, okay, now I get it. Cool, like we're Aww. everything's fine. Like we're all we're all bueno. <laughs> um, so it was just, it was so it was sweet. so. It was really cool because in a lot of ways, I feel like one one of the bigger hurdles that we, we faced when we moved to Los Angeles was the fact that Noah and I had to split up for a couple of months. But the 
upside of that wound up being this insane and incredible relationship that that we've all built in this sort of like community. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing him during oh, that time. Of course, of course. <laughs> I'm so grateful for well, it. Well, don't don't you feel the wave of like this whole thing too? You know, like between like you and Venegas and Alex and Eden and uh and Tim's and Sarah Elliott and like I'm yeah. and Sophia Grappari and all I mean I'm missing people. Uh Bendik, uh Alna, uh yeah. I say Tim's I, every, everybody yeah. everybody in the in this sort of like half Berkeley but also like Pepper like all the sort mm-hmm. of people who wound up sort of connecting it does start it's, it's starting to feel like a community and also like this uh, oh Alex Burrell shout out um, for the incoming freshman class of the pop music industry yeah Rosie, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rosie. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm now resigned. To, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm forgetting somebody important and amazing. But yeah, it just, it, yeah. it does feel like there's now this like community. Kaylee, there we go. Mm-hmm. I'm just okay. <laughs> More people. It just feels like there's this community of people who are who are making cool stuff, but like coming up together with it. Yeah, um, I feel super grateful to be included in that awesome community too. Especially since I feel like. I'm a little bit of the imposter. I kind of hopped on, you know, because <laughs> no. I was I was two grades younger. I decided to drop out the same time everyone was moving to LA. I'm like, no, my friends are leaving. Like all my closest collaborators. That was definitely like one of the biggest reasons. I was like, yeah, peace out, Berkeley. Now we're the old guys um, that are hopping on the uh, the, yeah. the, the, no. the year younger than us. You know, all of our friends already. Uh, yeah. All of our year already popped off. Well, I, yeah, exactly. I remember. I remember facing like seeing the wave of like. Annika Wells, Jake Torrey, like, Dwilly. like, like, Dwilly, like mm-hmm. all of all the people who I was in Hot 100 with, like, I remember seeing like a lot of them drop out halfway through and just be like, all right, we're off to the races and being like, wait, those were, you're kind of my wait, people. Yeah. But I was like, not <laughs> in a place to like be on that, on that ship. So we so, started late anyway. Yeah. Like, I, I, started- I've always felt late to, late to whatever game I was in. So at least it's nice to just, you know. Find a home in, in all the people who are around me doing cool things. Find a home in the home. Definitely. Home in the home. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, so homies. you guys made a record together. You guys made 757. We That's a did. whole ass album. A whole I mean, whole ass EP. EP. It is. But, um, it makes me so happy. What was the sort of, because I, what's fun about that record and what's fun about it just like whenever Noah works on something that I'm, I'm not a part of, I always just hear it through the walls. <laughs> so always, yeah. always low past, you know, yeah. just, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm always just hearing it through the walls. But I just remember like these songs starting to sort of take shape in my world, you know, just hearing, you know, the, the airplanes in 757 or yeah, like, you would always text but, me updates. Yeah. Like, by the way, Time Machine sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, through the walls, it's crazy But right also now. through the walls, I'm like, is the lyric, like, uh, Time oh, Machine, I'm with like James Dean. I do it all He told time. me that, and I think about that so often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, shit, would that have been a better line? <laughs> with James Dean. With James <laughs> so Dean. So good. I just thought, like, I, you know, you Beautiful can't hear anything mystery. through the walls. But yeah. um, how did each song sort of come to be? Like, if we, if I just want, like, little anecdotes. Yeah. I want to be the fly on the wall. Okay. On that I thing. love that. Yeah. So Impatient was the first one, obviously. Yeah. That was a beautiful session. And the next one, I think, was Rochambeau. Oh, yeah. And I think that, yeah, Bendik and I had our first session, just the two of us. Where you guys fell and in love. So in my <laughs> eyes, it's where we fell in love. In his eyes, it's still him doing a favor to Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. Oh I think God. about this day so often. <laughs> so we go That's in. Hilarious. We go in. And I have a concept list that I bring that I've had for like, you know, maybe six years at this point. Like I've never not had a list of concepts in my phone just because it's my 
all-time security blanket. Which I want to dive into later because I've seen that list. It's it's extensive. It's hilarious. (laughs) Um, It's a lot of things. But I roll up with my concept list and I mentioned Rochambeau as being a title I wanted to write. My dad actually thought of that. It was not me at all. He always used to say like Rochambeau for rock, paper, scissors. I don't know where it came from. I think it actually came from a Swedish soccer team trying to decide who started the game. They would do Rochambeau. But anyways, he was always saying like, oh, you should make a song called Rochambeau. And I'm like, thanks, Dad. That's a great idea. So I brought it in. We spent like, you know, a few minutes trying to figure out how to spin it. We're like, oh, it'd be cool to make it like, you know, between two people who kind of like each other. And they're playing like this game of Rochambeau to see like who makes the first move. Yeah. Crazy foreshadowing that neither (laughs) of us saw. Absolutely wild. Well, when Noah was working on it and then found out that you guys were starting to go out, like, Noah was like, people we know. People we like, know. People we know. <laughs> like, and then he's, just, just, he's listening to Rochambeau. He's like, oh, shit. In retrospect, like, it was Alex Venegas and Caitlin Thornton at, at a party at our house who was like, who 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 were like, Bendik and Taylor were dating. And I like, I dropped my drink, basically. <gasps> like, I was like, what? Like, oh people my God. we know. Noah, we stressed out so much about how to, like, tell you. Like, this is going to be so funny. Like, how are we going to break it to Noah? Like, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, no, but then we wrote for like two hours and really couldn't think of much. It was a very slow session at the beginning. We were just going back and forth with melodies. It took us two hours just to nail down the like. We got that. And then we kind of saw that the energy was dying a little and Bendik was like, okay, let's go get a pizza. And I was like, are we, are we allowed to do that in the middle of a session? And he was like, yeah, yeah, let's just go get a pizza. And like, you know, talk. So we walked across the street. Got a pizza. Wait, where'd you get pizza? Um, Jeez, I don't know. It was a place that wouldn't accept his credit card, though. We had issues because he needed, like, a, he, they wouldn't accept his Norwegian credit card. <laughs> Hilarious. Funny. We finally got the pizza, went up and sat on his roof at Seven Price Road back oh, yeah. in Austin. Yeah, yeah. And it was the craziest roof. I hadn't been, like, on a Boston roof because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I still lived in dorms at that point. Right. So it was wild What Which one were you, by the way? Um, I was 270. Hey. Yeah. Best, the best people come from 270. Gotta love it. And then I was also in... I think I was in 150 over the summer for a bit. That's people yeah. who then uh, go from 270 to 150. Yeah. <laughs> Squad. Squad. 270 was crazy. Um, so we were sitting on the roof and we were just talking about everything. And he's a storyteller, Bendix. So he was telling me all these stories about like, <laughs> you know, drunk nights, about like, you know, him and Amelia, just all this fun stuff. And I remember thinking like, oh, this guy's really cool. Like, he's a cool person. Like, <laughs> hmm. This is interesting. And then we went down and we literally finished the whole song in like 45 minutes after that. Recorded a demo. We were like, this is awesome. Great. So we really just need to like get to know each other from then. You're, you're like, my heart now beats for you, Bendik. And then yeah. you're just like, sick, we're done. I'm going to go exactly. play a, yeah. or watch TV. Or... It's very funny. I wish he was here to tell his side of things because it definitely looks very different. <laughs> um, I always, just as a general rule, wish Bendik were here to uh, to tell his side of things in any scenario. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. And then 757, same kind of scenario. I came in, I had the chorus lyrics and a little bit of the melody. And it was like, we liked the whole... Like we childlike melody. Let's take off in the 757. Wait, not good till we I remember when when we started the process of the EP, you had a couple things you, like I remember in 
I got sent like a page, like an <gasps> yes, email, email where you were like, oh, like I kind of want to write a song maybe about a plane. And I'm like, cool. Like, like you had, I mean, maybe yeah. this is after you, you had written Rochambeau. Uh, but I remember getting a document of like, here's some ideas for like songs. That did that, happen. Like, I think that was before Rochambeau actually. Yeah. Cause Bendik actually emailed me before our first session and said, send me some titles you have or mm-hmm. concepts. And I sent like, you know, I sent the word impatient. Mm-hmm. And then I sent Rochambeau. I think I sent 77. There was like a few. And then there was a bunch of others that were, that did not make a cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so funny. But yeah, the thing behind 757. So originally the song is about moving to LA and wanting to be like, you know, peace out Boston, peace out all of my college problems and everything I'm feeling right now. I just want to move on with life. And like, you know, we're better than all the bullshit. Right. Basically. Mm -hmm. Take off in a 757. Deeper meaning behind 757. I am terrified of planes. Planes. I write about it all the time. (laughs) Especially with you, Noah. I don't know why. Like, Fawi. Yeah, Fawi. That was just like, the the first hour of that session was just like talking about your fear of flying in depth. Do you mention in Fawi? Yeah. No, the, one we of the do. original lyrics was like, what if what if this plane goes down? Like, yeah. that's where it started. The, yeah, the second verse is, my mind works in the strangest oh, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Every plane. planes heading straight for the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had to get it in there. Had to get <laughs> yeah, it in the yeah. plane line. Fuck yeah. a what if. I don't know why I'm terrified of planes. I was never like this up until, I guess it was when I was like 12. I went to Nashville. No, I must have been like 15. I went to Nashville for the worst meeting ever. It was absurd. It was this management company and they tried to work with me. And they were like, yeah pay us $30,000 and then we'll sign you. I was like, uh, okay, maybe okay. not. So it was a waste of a trip all in all. But the plane ride back, there was a storm going from Nashville to California. And the plane was just like shaking. And then all of a sudden it freaking drops like mm. 10,000 feet and then keeps going and it's shaking. This lasts like 45 minutes of the worst turbulence I've ever experienced. And the thing that really got me is the pilot did not say anything. Whoa. So literally everyone was screaming. People were crying. Everyone was saying their goodbyes. We all thought we were going down because no one was saying anything. We just thought something terrible was happening to the plane. And then it landed and the pilot was like, okay, thanks everyone. Have a good night. We were like, what in the hell? But that, I think, was the first time I really thought about the concept of being in a plane. You're literally in a metal box in the sky, 30,000 feet in the sky. And like, I, how much would it hurt if that metal box fell? I, I Honestly, I love a I lot. love flying. I think, I think like, I know that, that there's like a big old fear about flying, but in my head, it, it was one of those things. Like, I used to be afraid of bridges as a kid. Mm, um, I feel that. Like, Did you see Bridge to Tarbithia? Yeah crazy sad yeah crazy sad though i don't think she dies she dies from the rope swing yeah wasn't that because the bridge broke though no the rope swing broke off the tree never mind um (laughs) crazy uh, movie though no, I don't think there's actually a bridge in Bridge is there to not? With you. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. more of a conceptual bridge. It's a conceptual, conceptual bridge. bridge. Yeah, the Our bridge The bridge is the gap between uh, mother and child. It's also the gap between childhood innocence and then the harshness of adulthood and oh, loss shit. and grief. And loss, loss and grief. Whoa. Wow. Wild movie. Wow, okay. No, but uh, actually it was iRobot. Uh, that made like, you scared of bridges? That made me scared of bridges. Uh, I haven't yeah, because um, he gets knocked. Like, in the, his, is that why we don't wear bridges anymore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <We're> doing- <laughs> wow. Zing. Great. I'm scared great of music scared fun. of bridges. Um no, it's uh That's beautiful. Scared of bridges. <laughs> then I kinda like adopted like a Zen Zen idea about it, which is like, you know, if I make it over the bridge, I can't complain, but if if I fall off the bridge, I literally can't complain. <laughs> you you know. But Thank I it. also love just being up in a plane and suddenly being suspended. Like you're it's almost like your life is like you you don't exist in time. 
You don't exist in space. See, I like, like to exist just, in time and space. Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> I like call to me old fashioned, but I like to exist <laughs> your Wi-Fi is your 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 Wi-Fi is slow. You know? <laughs> yeah, I like to know that I'm standing on solid ground, solid ground. at all times. You can sleep whenever you want. You're like this is awesome. Yeah, great. The funniest thing I've ever heard about someone liking planes is Caroline Carlson told me she liked planes. Because she didn't have to respond to emails. Uh, no, that's, that's, yep, that's me. For five to seven hours. That's 100% like, me. Wow, you are the busiest person I know. I, I, <laughs> like, for me, it's that I don't have to reply to texts. Like, for six hours, my phone is dead silent. Yeah. It's on airplane mode. And that's what it's used that for. Is that's nice. what it's for. I yeah. have a new respect for that. Now, when I'm on planes, I really, really like the fact that I'm not, you know, attached to the media for a minute. Well, a little seven, seven fifty seven. Seven fifty seven. Action. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to sync that song every year. Like, oh yeah. Any airline. Gotta happen eventually. Hear this. Melody. Listen to seven fifty seven by Salem. Fun, uh, the last thirty seconds us. are made for an airline. Commercial. Made for an airline commercial, right? <laughs> made for it. It's perfect. I'm gonna drop the drop the last thirty seconds right here. Uh, I'm gonna keep that in there too. That was uh, beautiful. All right, so and then and then you got Time Machine. Time Machine. So that one was funny. That was actually that started out with me and Chloe Kopaloff. She's the only outside writer on the whole EP. Hmm. We were in a practice room, I think on a Sunday, hanging out. Caroline also set up that session, and I think we wrote two songs that day. And we only wrote half of Time Machine, but we both liked it. We're like, oh, this is cool. We wrote it on piano. Which was wild because I never write anything on piano. I love writing on like, piano. Since my high school Nora Jones phase, <laughs> I never write anything on piano. So that happened. And then I remember taking it to you and Bendik. Mm-hmm. And Bendik was like, okay, but there's no chorus. <laughs> and then he added like the post chorus part, which is, you know. And then. I remember we started the production one day and I just like saw it come to life. I'm like, this is so cool. And then I think he also added the bridge section. Yeah, he basically just like, you know, turned everything around and made it a certifiable pop song. And then you guys put your amazing spin on it and it became not a ballad anymore. Yeah, that was that was the one that was one in, the, in that. No, Noah's very good at making. I, I write so many ballads, and then Noah and takes like, it and makes it a kidding. pop song. Yeah, yeah. It's but great, if anything, great I, skill. I think I think the reason we're in a, a, a indie uh, folk pop duo together is we both have ballad gravity. We both tend to make things uh, slower than they need to be. So Time Machine <laughs> was definitely one of those ones that like I was it was I was trying to keep because like a lot of the references when we were going into the EP were like like. Sylvan Esso and like what yeah. and like and like uh, and like a uh, Marion Hill like oh my super, God, I did and like Lord melodrama Hill. like really yes. minimal so I, I was, was trying to approach it like hype. how much can I get away with with just a kick drum and a piano and like how much can I make that groove and I tried my best but it just wasn't like at a certain point Bendik because uh, Time Machine was definitely one of those ones that like I did a pass at Bendik was like let me reproduce this from the stems and see what I do with it and he swung it like really heavy and then he sent it back I'm like yeah. oh that is so cool that it is swung like that and then once once wow. I had that piece I was like okay I'm gonna go fucking in on this production and Time Machine was probably one of the more fun ones for me to do just because of the groove it sounds like, like you had a great time with it <laughs> no, literally, yeah. literally uh the, the the at least for me the, the moment that Time Machine clicked as a producer was I was trying to find some fun little percussion thing 
and I was I was I was sitting here and I was like playing the the loop of the chorus and I started I just started like I want something that goes like <laughs> and I just recorded that and spent like an hour just like layering it with a bunch of <laughs> other percussion instruments. Yeah, that like Oh my god, I was trying to figure out what that was the other day actually cuz yeah. I was going through all the stems for the yeah. live set. Yeah. Trying to like put the the background tracks together. And I heard that and I was like, that is such a weird, nice little percussion sound. Yeah, it was all the percussion in that is absurd. Yeah, it's it was so cool. it was a, it was me clicking in my mouth like a crazy person and then just like I wish I had making seen that. it sound more expensive over the course. There are times I walk awesome. into the studio and I was making weird sounds on the mic. I'm just like, all right, that's a new piece of sound design that's we're gonna hear later. Well, they made me the big bones. The genius. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Is there, am I missing a song? Is there one more? There's song? bad word and numbers game. Oh, yeah. bad word and numbers so game. So those two have a similar story. Those were both ones that I wrote in my dorm room, just alone on my freaking, you know, laptop. I think I just used like a Logic preset <laughs> synth and recorded shitty demos. Which is in, still in the record of Bad Word, That's isn't it? true. For Bad Word, actually, we did keep whatever kept thing a lot, I used. A lot. I think it was Luminous Tines. Luminous Tines. I think we kept <laughs> Luminous Tines. I used Luminous Tines on You Made Me. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> alchemy preset. Luminous Tines. Shout out Logic. Shout out one. Luminous Tines. That was a fun one. Yeah. I really like Bad Word. Such a bad word. That word is yeah. Like, that was the only that was the only one that I wrote alone that didn't get changed. Cause numbers game, Bendik went in a little on the writing and tweaked the the bridge actually. He cut down like half of the chorus. He he like rearranged everything. And then he took the pre and cut out half the bridge and put the pre in the second half of the bridge, which was just fucking mind blowing. Wow. It made the song in my opinion. I was like, oh, <laughs> I would never have thought of that. Yeah. Just like Numbers game, I feel it. like went through the biggest evolution. That it, was it's a massive uh, song. It's a ballad. Yeah. At first. Well, and the the I uh, I don't I don't have it anymore. But the very original demo was like the. I, we listened still... to it the last session we had. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It. We listened to the original after we were, after we were completely done producing it up. It was we like, like really wow, this cute has and like gone through a lot. It was well, I mean, my original demo was just like this really slow, like kind of like yeah, like yeah. Jack Antonoffy, Taylor Swift uh -huh. thing. Your original demo had like demo. The, had like it was really like blippy and cute and I had like all these crazy hats. synths. Oh yeah, and the oh trap hats God. in the chorus. Which it was is like the funniest thing because I have never used trap hat <laughs> synths on anything. I actually tell people to not use trap hats on my stuff because it's so off brand. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I myself put in trap hats because I didn't know how to produce it all. And I was like, oh, what do people do? I guess they put in this really high pitched high hat and they do it a lot. And just, dee -dee 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 -dee. That's what <laughs> I did all through the chorus was just freaking trap hats. Obviously the song developed in a completely different universe. Yeah, it's but, like, a rock there's, song. There's still, it's very rock there's still, now. Well, I think what, what's cool to me and is then, that there's still a lot of really cool stuff about that demo. The little like counter synth that's like, oh, it's a numbers game. Boo -doo -doo -doo. <laughs> like, like you had really cool production ideas like from the jump. I also I, did not know how to edit vocals so nothing was tuned. And like, I think there was just like reverb turned all the way up. It was so funny. 
Well, I like I like bad word too because like 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 numbers game is like a slammer. Like yeah. it's absolutely <laughs> like it's a slammer. Bad word feels to me like it scratches that itch that like like almost like Splinter does of just sort of like dark and like a but also just like a little bit melancholic but also earnest. Such a bad word Thank that you. so badly wants to be heard. Love that. It's like it's love, and everybody. I have just a wants- funny story about why I actually wrote a song about the word love. Yeah. So this girl that I that I didn't like very much at the time because she hooked up with my ex while we were kind of still together. I was very upset about it. She released a song that day, the day that I wrote "Bad Word," and it was about love. It was just like a love song, you know, about presumably about the guy that I was hooking up with. And I remember. Me being very petty, I was in my dorm alone and sad. And I thought, you know what? I can write a better song about love. <laughs> so I was like, okay, what should my concept be? Hmm, love, love. And then I was like, oh, I'll just write about the word love. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when it came about. Well, I, I like the idea of it being almost like a curse word. Yeah. Like it's a yeah. word. It's a word. Hell, you hear it on The Bachelor, and you know, <laughs> it's true. like it's like I think I'm falling for you. Like, oh. oh, and that's Everyone's a big move. Just like, it's just like oh, I no. am. I am. Almost in love with you, and then it's like oh. I love you, and then you're like, oh my god, are we in the season finale? That's you know, wild. like it's a big, wild it's a, show. It's a big word. Oh Though I do god. love when I you post it on Instagram, where it's just like four letters, one syllable, and and then everybody like wrote like <laughs> fucking boobs and like whatever. People to this day message me and they're like, what's the word? Is it fuck? And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing. Like, I can't even count the amount of people that thought it was fuck. Genuinely thought it was fuck. Just goes to show how, people's how much brains people. Work. Yeah, how much hey, through people the walls, to the I, through the walls. That's what I thought it was. That's amazing. Yeah, but like, then, like, you listen to the lyrics. Oh, of once, course, and you're of like, course, of oh, course. Yeah, that's what's, what, what I really like about crazy. about your writing is that there's always some sort of like twist on it. Like, oh, you don't, you. you know, like maybe you're writing about love, maybe you're, you're writing about planes, maybe you're writing about being impatient. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's okay. It's that with like a spin. It's that with like, okay, it's not fuck, it's love. Like it's not it's not about flying, it's about a fear of flying, <laughs> but an excitement for whatever's coming next, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's not about playing rock, paper, scissors, it's about who's making the first move. I want you yeah. to write all my bios. You're happy, happy to do it. <laughs> amazing. Me up so I'll be your hype guy, yeah. you know. I'm I'm I'm, I love I'm it. fine with that. Uh and then so you recently put out Roses to his ex. I did. That and that really song is fucking awesome. Thank That's al- also a complicated concept. Yeah. <laughs> that one. So I actually don't know how I thought of that concept. I woke up one morning and I looked through my concept list as I do before a session. And that was the last thing I had written. And I remember I'd been out a little, little drunk the night before. And I don't know why, but I guess Bendik must have been talking about his ex. And I must have just written that in my concepts. Because I woke up and the sentence... I'd be best friends with his ex, lol. I would be besties would with his ex. Was just written, <laughs> puzzle pieced it with spelling errors in my concept. <laughs> and I was like, wait, that's awesome. Did you write that in your sleep? You know? Like, I have no idea where it came from to this day. Don't remember it, but I'm really happy that I went out that <laughs> night, I guess, because I woke up and I was like, this would be cool. So I wrote it with Bendik and we wrote it about his ex girlfriend, like his actual ex. I looked up her Instagram page and it was open the whole time oh that we were writing the song. I was looking through and I was like, damn, she seems so cool. I was like, oh, she visited LA. Like, maybe she's still there. Maybe we can get a coffee or something. And he oh was just like, oh, God. God. <laughs> oh, no, this is rough. Well, I mean, and like, I was looking at her like outfits. Really I'm like, slow, oh, these clothes like, are so yeah, cute. Like, like, I would totally wear this. Uh-huh. Like, 
we genuinely, I still to this day think that we'd be very good friends if we just like hung out for a sec. But that's genuinely like everything is so real. She is a dancer. I do kind of hate that. She's a dancer. Kind of hate that. <laughs> did, did you did you guys uh, chat after the song? So, <laughs> someone told me that I should request to follow her on Instagram. And I did the night of the release. And she followed me back a few days later and DM'd me, which is just a crazy thing to do. I respect the heck out of her. She DM'd me. And she <laughs> she was like, let me actually pull it up. It's a oh great, my God. It's a great oh my DM. God. Bendik and I, I was actually rock climbing when I saw it with Ivan, who is one of the co-producers on the song. And we both screamed. Like, <laughs> this is amazing that she had the balls to DM me. Um, I, I respect the game, you know, respect the hustle. You gotta yeah. respect the hustle. She said, great song. I bet it's not a coincidence that you started following me, question mark, with a rose emoji. <gasps> Just amazing. Amazing. Wow. So I said, haha, thank you for the inspiration with a bunch of rose emojis. And she goes, haha, if you ever play in Norway, I'll definitely be there. And I was like, oh, thank you. I'll let you know if I do. You should give her a rose if you ever go to Norway. I... Definitely will do that. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, I still think we'd be friends. I think she's great. I think it's hilarious that she reached out. It really is, happy it, about it. It is a weird <laughs> thing uh, because you imagine the people that you're with, you. you know, everybody changes and grows, whatever, but like fundamentally everybody's the same. So stands to reason that they'll probably wind out going out with people who have things that are somewhat similar that are to you. common, yeah. I, one of my best friends out here is my ex-girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. Oh boy. And there like I think I think I see him more than I see her. Like me and her are good. I think we <laughs> like him and I hang out weekly. Like I've I've worked on films with him. Like he's become one of my closest friends out here. I love that. It's because we're kind of in our own kind of neurotic way similar. Yeah. And what I really appreciate about your song was I feel like there's not a lot of music that reflects that specific <laughs> <laughs> idea of like I guess my ex has to have, have like you know good taste in people because otherwise one would hope what, what was yeah. I say about you, you that's know? very like, true so yeah. you know stands to reason you, you all would have enough in common <laughs> yeah no for that one I definitely wanted to touch upon that just because I feel like you know it makes a lot of sense why we would be friends like if he felt the same about both of us just if you put the weirdness aside of all of that we're probably pretty similar people you know, have a fun little hang. Um, but also, I wanted to spin how we look at the ex in a positive light as right. opposed to negative. Because, you know, most people in a relationship are like, oh, yeah, like, I hate his ex. Like, they're always, like, scared about them or jealous or something in a very negative light. So I just wanted to see what it would be like to spin that and be like, no, his ex is probably awesome. Well, that's, <laughs> that's like, I think, the a big sort of turning point in my head and general growth, et cetera, um, was just like recognizing that like in my head, the only, like this person is evil and like has no morals or like whatever. But the truth is that like all he did wrong, quote unquote, was care about this person as much as I did. Exactly. You know, like he, yeah. he wants the same thing I do. So, you know, recognizing that like that it doesn't make you evil for like caring about somebody or falling in love with somebody. Definitely. And you know, sometimes just things don't work out. Also, if you look at it, like if you, if I put myself in the position of being the ex to someone else, like I'm thinking of, you know, a past relationship, a guy that's currently with someone else, I'm thinking like, oh, 
she should probably thank me because I definitely <laughs> taught, taught him taught a lot things. about yeah. relationships and vice versa. Yeah. But well, that's that's the thing too is like I, I, in a lot of ways, and maybe I should, you know, I'll, I'll talk to a therapist about this, but I, I feel like, like <laughs> a, I judge a lot of like my own personal growth on how, how it's recognized by by exes. Like you, you see like, oh yeah, I was kind of a shit when we were together. Hopefully you see that I've like grown up a little bit, not for the sake of going out again or whatever, mm, but just, just like you knew me really well oh, in that person that I was. And I hope that you can know me well enough now to like see that there's a change. I love um, that. Yeah, I try and stay on good terms with my exes. I, I, just because it feels like, it feels like a lot of time and energy lost if, if I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm not at least on decent terms with them, it's like, oh, well, then I wasted all this time getting to know someone and appreciating them as a human just to not know them anymore, which makes me sad. What, what's the next song you're putting out? The next one is called Mad at Disney. Oh. Yeah, I did it with Bendik Moeller Don't and tell Jason Haas. <laughs> it was a really fun one. It came about because Jason... We had a session with him. It was the first time that I had met him. It was actually the first time Bendik had met him too, which is funny because they both worked on Amelia Records in the past. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just never seen each other. So well, it's funny that Jason's like roommates with Alex Venegas. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they were also- not roommates at the time. Okay. This was before. This was when he still lived in Santa that. Monica. But he also produced a lot with Miranda Glory. Yes. Who we just <laughs> all awesome. went to Mel's with and everything. Oh, well, yeah. Like, we yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, I love Miranda. Is it mad at Disney like for bad expectations of romance? Yes. Fuck yeah. Yes. That's great. But it did not me- start like that. So Jason, originally, we were just talking. And he was like, I'm really mad at Disney. And we were like, why? And I'm like secretly typing that down. Yeah. You know, like, that's interesting. We were talking about the Lion King remake. <laughs> and we had a whole conversation about how the upcoming generation is not going to experience the same type of animated films that we did. You know, everything is super lifelike now. And that kind of takes away... A little bit of the creativity in my mind you know when everything looks too real yeah it takes away the magic when everything looks too real then it feels i don't know well i feel like you could almost connect more with cartoons because there is almost that like suspension of disbelief already yeah like in the same way that like like bojack and rick and morty and Mm -hmm. like whatever like you've got these shows that are talking about really deep concepts but i think can pull it off because it's not because it's a cartoon it's not made to look like actual people it doesn't feel like melodrama because there's already a heightened level of realism definitely exactly so we were talking about that we were talking about how it's kind of sad that like you know people aren't going to grow up anymore on the old version of the lion king they're going to do with the remake and it's happening with every movie with higher budgets higher quality that doesn't necessarily mean they're better doesn't mean better it does not mean better. what's the chorus what's the hook i felt bad love i felt sad love sometimes happy love turns into giving up I felt hurt love by the word love. What the hell is love supposed to feel like? Cause I felt sad love. I felt bad love. Sometimes happy love. Sometimes ends up giving up. I felt hurt love. By the word love. What the hell is love supposed to feel like? Mad at Disney only comes in the first verse and then tags at the very end. Where does it come in the first verse? I'm mad at Disney. They tricked me, had me wishing on a shooting star. Now I'm 20-something and I still know nothing about who I am or what I'm not. I'm mad at Disney, Disney. They tricked me, tricked me, had me wishing on a shooting star. But now I'm 20-something. I still know nothing about who I am or what I'm not. Fucking bars. Thanks. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the whole second verse is like, 
talking about how Snow White got a divorce and the prince cheated on her with Sleeping Beauty. Yo, did you uh, did you ever um, read Fables? No. Uh, Fables is an awesome comic series about like all the sort of fairy tale characters living in Brooklyn. <gasps> I've heard about this. Yeah. Someone also told me about this. It's awesome. Okay, I need because, to check it out. Because now. Prince Charming is actually one person and his exes are Sleeping Beauty and Snow White and exactly. all that. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. like and like they're pissed, you know, they're pissed at him. The the, the main He's character the, worst. the main character is a sheriff named Bigsby, who is the big bad wolf. Oh. Um but he's like human and he's like kind of kept his wolfness like under wraps but oh, people cool. like the three little pigs still hate him and like a lot of people <laughs> like hold grudges against like who he used to be basically like, no I've changed like I'm not like blowing your house down or eating people anymore like I'm huh. just a sheriff I'm just the cop around here this is you a know. wild this is a wild thing I need to read this oh uh, yeah I I, I'm a, I was a big fable fan that's like, really liked, cool <laughs> I just thought you'd appreciate it especially yeah, thank with you. your take on uh on, take on Disney on Disney are you ready for the question round yeah. Let's do it. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> That's really good. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty. Welcome to the Talking Lion question round. Thanks. That's our theme song. Um, what is your phone background? My phone background? The lock screen is Hawaii. Then you nice. open it and the homepage is me, koala, hugging, Bendik. Oh, that's really cute. That was taken right after a big fight we had. Nice. <laughs> that's adorable. Do you have a non-musical hobby? Uh, no, I'm trying to find one. I tried rock climbing. I'm terrible at it, though. But I want to get better. Finger painting. Oh, Finger yes. Painting. Finger painting. That's That'll the be the next hobby. What skill would you like to have? Oof, I wish I was a good dancer. Mm. I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> Ballroom or a... Uh... No, I wish I could do, like, just any dance that looks decent at a party. No, true. I just flail or I stand in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Or on stage. I just. I or you just flail jump. in the corner? Yeah, I flail the in the best. corner. That's there you go. On stage, I just jump corner. up and down. We have just dance playing alongside exactly. you. Exactly. That's just... that's why. It's because I can't dance. <laughs> See? It would take a lot less time and energy. What's if the name I could of the dance? What's the name of that TV again? Steve. Steve. So Steve actually broke. I need a new oh, Steve. No. If anyone wants to. Steve is the TV. If anybody's got a TV. Really old. Needs to have the big box in the back and have the three little input. I, it's funny. I had I had a TV like that, but I I don't back in Rome, but I don't think they have it anymore. Also, yeah, it would be a, it would my be parents had one to too. That's what I grew up with, but it's now gone. Same. They're also hey, so heavy, right? Cause, so, well, because it's, it's all the it. tubes. Spoof it's all has the, to lift it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out Spoof. Spoof. Shout, shout out Spoof. Spoof. Great guitar player. What's your personal superpower? Oh boy, my superpower. I don't know. I guess I would say my biggest strength is probably concepts. <laughs> I love a good concept. So maybe that. Yeah, honestly, I would have to agree. That's, that's, that's a super Your concept Ooh. game is insane. Or also interacting with dogs. Yeah. So this year, I've gotten really good at it. A crazy fact that I'm just going to like put out into the universe for everyone is that when a dog is going to the bathroom, it needs to make eye contact with somebody because it feels threatened. Oh, me too. Because if someone... Yeah, right? <laughs> so if someone charges it, it's defenseless while it's going to the bathroom. So every time I see a dog that's going to the bathroom, if the owner isn't paying attention, I take it upon myself to make eye contact with the dog. Please do that. That's wild. You're the hero we we don't deserve, but we need right now. <laughs> You're the hero the dogs need. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying yeah. to look out for the neighborhood dogs, you know? And <laughs> so wholesome. Um, and now the most important question. Most important. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Would you be a pirate? Yes. Okay. That, that was the show, and I yeah, have a feeling. I, I, uh, yeah. Great question. 
Yes. I think I would. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any tattoos? I do not. I really, really, really want a tattoo. I'm just what I'm would be so the first yeah, That's the thing. I want a tattoo so bad and I don't want a tattoo of anything. Like I don't know what uh, I want. Huh. I was talking to Peter Hanneman actually this week love. about getting a I Mel's tattoo. Because so I love, love. Mel's. <laughs> the Mel's, diner. That's yeah, fun. Mel's the diner. By the nice big tramp stamp with a little <laughs> arrow. No, I'm kidding. The last time we saw you, we were all at a Mel's. You know, we shot the cover of How We Know at... At Mel's in, in WeHo. Oh yeah. my goodness, I love that. In WeHo, the no, one in WeHo is wild because yeah. I went there at 3 a.m. and there was a valet and there was a 15 minute wait. It was absurd. That makes That's sense. Mel's in LA is crazy. I went to Mel's almost every day in high school though. I was, I'm more of a, a norms guy myself when it comes to shitty California diners. I've never been to norms. I still know nothing. Same thing. I can't I can't 24 hour California. Same vibe. I'd be cheating on Mel's. I get them confused to be honest. So maybe that. Yeah, maybe that tattoo. A Mel's tattoo. Yes. I like that. Uh, can we get matching Mel's tattoos? Please. Yeah, I want everyone <laughs> to get a Mel's tattoo. Because I feel like I've been overthinking my first tattoo, and I feel Me like I'm, I'm, I'm either never going to do it or it's going to be something stupid. Oh, my mom and I have also talked about getting a matching tattoo somewhere. Like, I would get a star and she would get a moon or something. Oh. I think we talked about, like, our finger. That'd be really cute. So that's, that's, a, that's a plan. Yeah. <laughs> what was the first concert you attended? Oh. Oh, my first concert was a Glee concert. Yes. Yes. I bawled. I I literally cried so hard. It was with my friend Lauren and our moms were friends and they got us, they got us tickets. We went and we both were like, oh, this is going to be dope. We were acting all cool about it. We're like, oh yeah, no big deal. We're just going to go see Glee. And then Rachel Berry walked on stage and we both looked at each other and just started sobbing. Oh my God. Was it, wait, so like, was it, was it all like who, who was, who was on this tour? It was like the was whole- Was Cord on the tour? Yes. yes. I think he was. Oh, <laughs> that that's wild. Oh. You, gotta, you gotta be like, hey, uh, not to I be weird, Cord, but I, uh, uh, you're my first uh, concert ever. What? I it's didn't amazing. even think about that. So we, we just had a session with him and I didn't know anything about him. No way. So, like, you didn't recognize him vaguely? I didn't. I never watched Glee. <gasps> yeah, no. You didn't I, watch Glee. No, no. Did no. you watch Glee? I watched the shit out of Glee. Thank God. No, I me didn't too. watch. I didn't watch Every Glee because when Glee first came out, it was like it was the perfect show for me to to hate. Because when Glee came out, I was in middle school or high school. Mm-hmm. Everybody who was into it were like the the, the popular kids who I hated. It was <laughs> pop. It was pop music, which at the time I hated. It was acapella, which at the time. You I hated. Hate yeah, it was just everything about it, and then and, and then it was everybody telling me, "Oh, you're gonna like this music show because you yeah. like music," yeah. which you is need to watch my Glee. biggest pet peeve. <laughs> exactly. And we're like, "You're gonna love Whiplash." I'm like, "I fucking hated Whiplash." <laughs> I haven't seen Whiplash. Like, I'm the worst. I, most most you watch the pilot of Glee now and see see, yeah. Yeah. see if it holds you up. You actually should. Yeah, but it's, it's funny because he was in the session. Um, Noah hadn't communicated to me. <gasps> who Cord was? I didn't want it to be. No, weird. I didn't want to be no. Weird I mean, no, I was, yeah, yeah. there was no, there was no time for him to like yeah. say it. But also, like, I also kind of thought you knew, you would look him up. Right. I usually do. I yeah. just, I didn't. Uh, That's so funny. And so he came in, and I like, I put up, put him up on, on our story, and, and then everyone and then was like, Sam from Glee. Yeah. Everybody was freaking out about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. What is your go-to karaoke song? Ooh. Oh my goodness, oh, Love Story by Taylor Swift, probably. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> Ooh, Mr. Brightside also. That's a, that's a, that's yeah. That's yeah, a good one. I've, the I've killer's my favorite band in the whole lot. entire universe. I love them. Um, All Star. All Star <laughs> is a good one. Good one. What's your favorite movie, favorite book, and favorite TV show? Uh, stress. Uh, favorite book. I'm going out of order. Jane Eyre. 
It's the only book I liked all through high school. I don't know why. I just thought it was really sweet. Favorite TV show? Friends. Nice. Favorite Mm. movie? Breakfast Club. Nice. Nice. Breakfast Club. Thanks. Some some feel-good content. How about you? Oh, uh, <laughs> never been put on this are you allowed to do that is she allowed to do that am i allowed to do that uh, uh i'm gonna hmm. do it okay how about you okay favorite shit okay favorite movie <sighs> probably eternal sunshine of the spotless mind nice with mike Birbiglia as my girlfriend's boyfriend following i loved snowpiercer last night which is one, one movie, Nate. Don't you, you're not even asked for your top five. Okay, shit. All right, <laughs> fuck. All right, and then TV show. Favorite from the '90s would be Frasier. Nice. Favorite from the 2000s would probably be House. You cannot pick one, can you? Uh, favorite from the, the 2010s probably You're the Worst. Oh wait, no, but there, there was also okay. <laughs> Oh man! So glad or I get asked. shorty. Favorite book: Infinite Jest or Dream of Perpetual Motion, or The Pillman. Nice. You shouldn't have asked. Yeah. I should have, <laughs> but I appreciate the answers. No, you're up. All right, my favorite movie is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Great movie. Um, Fuck, that's so good. My favorite TV show. I think I'm gonna go with You're the Worst. I haven't seen that as a favorite. TV we show. moved to Echo Park because You're the Worst. Yeah. So that show's got okay, some I'm significance. Watch it's really a cult classic. For, awesome. for me. I'm, I'm trying to think if we've got a better one. I don't think favorite movie do. in 2020, Cats. Cats, great oh, movie. Oh god. Um favorite <laughs> I seen it twice. Have you actually? I haven't seen yeah. it yet. First time I saw uh Darren Chris was in the audience. No and way. we all were rowdy as hell. We were just fucking losing it. That's awesome. So he led us in a in a chant of Mr. Mistopheles. Favorite oh. book? Favorite book is a tough one. That's that, that, that I think is the hardest. Infinite Jest is an obvious one, but I don't think I like. I don't think that's it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna lean into my, myself and, and say Zen the Automotor Suck Maintenance. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. yeah, solid. Do you have a favorite sound? A favorite sound. Puppies. Nice. Yeah. Or Lord singing. Also nice. Thanks. Um, what's the best date you've been on? Oh my goodness, best date. Definitely one with Bendik. We went jet skiing one time. That was very fun. Oh. Oh, okay. So this wasn't really a date. This was more of a gift. So for his last birthday, he's obsessed with penguins. Penguins are like his favorite animal, which is amazing because he's not really an animal person. He doesn't <laughs> like dogs, but he loves penguins. So for his birthday, I looked up a way for him to like meet a penguin because I just really wanted to see him interact with one. And I found out that the Long Beach Aquarium does penguin encounters. Nice. So we went to the Long Beach Aquarium. It was over Grammy's weekend. I plan it kind of terribly. But we got to meet a penguin called Admiral Fancy Pants. Yes. <laughs> and it was the best thing ever. It was probably just the cutest thing watching him freak out over an animal. And that was a fun one, though. I also love the name Admiral Fancy Pants. But also your your pet lizard has a great name, too. Thank you. My pet lizard is named Little Cow. Little Cow. <laughs> Little Cow. L-I-L. Skirt, Little Cow. Skirt, skirt, skirt. Moo Moo. Moo Moo. Moo Moo on the beat. I love Little Cow. Little He's, Cow yeah. for president. Little Cow for president. Oh. I fully support that. Do you have a scar with a story? I don't think so. Are you unscathed? I definitely am not unscathed, but I can't at this moment think of a good scar story. Okay. I got a good scar story. The Lion King. Got him. Oh. 
Wait, 2019 or the the original? Both have scars, scar in it. Yeah. Which one's better? The original. Thank God you said that. Yeah. Yeah. I said that which one's better? Lion like, King I'm Two. Gonna have a bone to pick with Lion you. Lion King Two. You got Kovu. You got Kiara. You got uh, uh, music by Elton John. Music and by Hans Elton John and, and Hans Zimmer and Tim Rice. You got He Lives in You. You got uh, he's not one of us. Yeah. Oh, I think Deception. Disgrace. I do think He Lives in You is is my favorite intro song. Which I know is a hot take. Oh, I love He Lives in You. Oh, it's so good. I did a production of Lion King in my middle school play. Yeah, it was a middle school play. That was and awesome. I got to sing He Lives in You. That song's so and I, good. I love that song. He it was like my first attempt at belting ever. I like didn't know how to <laughs> belt. And I was just like, ah! <laughs> Screaming it. watches over. Exactly. Yeah. It was very fun. That is good fun. Everything you see. All right. Um... <laughs> What are you- Into the world. Oh my god. Uh, I swear to god. Into the truth. Salem. In your reflection. What are you most proud of? He lives in Oh my god. We've we lost control. What am I most proud of? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, I guess sticking with music forever. Like being unwavering in my decision to do music as a lifetime thing yeah yeah that is probably probably that and just still being alive managing to not die and uh lastly what are you most excited for Ooh, i'm excited to meet more people just in general i love meeting people i think it's it's fun to like you know expand the community new friends yeah new friends gotta love that i'm also excited to grow with my current friends i feel like we're all gonna do cool things together and it's gonna be really fun to see how everyone is thriving independently and together whenever yeah, just I, the future with everybody we know uh, doing cool stuff. whenever i do get like anxious about like the future of our career or whatever i think about our friends and our friend group. Oh my God. And like yeah. the, there are people in, in my head, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to worry about like sleeping lion, then that means you're also worried about Salem and you're also worried about Sophia and you're also worried about, you know, and I'm like, well, I don't worry about them because they're going to make it. They're going to be great. They're like, it's super, exactly. like it's going to happen. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm not worried about them. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm done worrying about us too. Precisely. You know? It's, it's an, all in this together. together. Uh, and we are all stars. We're soaring. Flying. There's not a star in heaven that we can't reach. If we're trying, and we're breaking free. That was beautiful. Before we wrap, uh, you got this concept list. Oh, yeah. Oh, that boy. one time when we were, it was during a session, we went to the Bright Spot. I love that place. Diner. I drive by it sometimes and I, I think about how great it is. Bright Spot is was from You're the Worst, and that's how we found out about Echo Park. Oh, okay, that's right. That's um, right. And uh, go back there. you showed us your concept list, and it was genuinely mind-blowing. Oh, so I just, uh, thank you. I, if you wouldn't mind playing the greatest hits. Oh, boy. Um, what, what you got for us, Salem? Today, okay. Hmm. So one of them that I've half written, but I've been meaning to to do better and beef up is the the title is health insurance. The concept is please don't break my heart. My health insurance won't cover it. Yo, oh! goddamn, that's so good. good. 
It actually came about because <laughs> I got E. coli and I was in the ER for five days and my health insurance said I wasn't sick enough. So they refused to cover it and they sent me a bill for $70,000, which I'm not paying. That's not happening. <laughs> Wait, so what are you going to do? I? No. Will I? No. I'm just, I'm fighting it. It's not going to happen. There's no chance. I Like they wouldn't let me leave because I was on my deathbed Holy having E. coli. Shit. Damn. Health insurance yeah. is fucked. Yeah. Right? Crazy. Yes, I want to expose them. Bernie, okay, a crazy concept. Number two on my concept list, and I made this concept list like six years ago, is thank God we didn't get matching tattoos. I've pitched this around in sessions for years. No one wanted to write it. And then Lauf released a song tattoos together. called Tattoos Together. Oh, I have one that I haven't written still, and we've talked about this. Holiday Catholic. Oh, so yeah. I'm a holiday Catholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm quite literally a holiday Catholic. I only go to church on Easter and Christmas Eve. And I feel like there's something cool in there about, you know, not being able to commit to anything yeah. fully. Yeah, we talked mm. about that one. Yeah. I want to raise a dog with you. I've put that as a verse lyric for many verses, but I feel like it deserves a chorus. <laughs> I just, yeah. It can I graduate wanna, to a chorus. Yeah, I don't want to have kids. I actually just want to have a hundred dogs. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kidding about that. <laughs> Um, would, you say, would you go as high as 101? I would. And they would have to be Dalmatians yeah. at that point. They would I would do 101 Yorkies. That'd be great. I feel like that's not as fun of a title. That's not as fun of a title. Okay, another concept. Title would be Area 51. Concept, what's your Area 51? Show me your aliens. Just be asking someone. Show me your Show secrets. Me your aliens. I'm obsessed with that's Area 51. Fun. I don't know why. I think that Area 51 is so cool. <laughs> and I really wanted to go... To yeah, the race. I, I thought I I was convinced you were actually gonna do it. You were I so excited about it. Planned I like, on it. I had the whole maps thing rooted on my cell phone. I I was getting up super early, but I had a session that day. And it just, <laughs> I yeah, it's story better. of my damn life. <laughs> Where's your but commitment to the cause? You know. Yeah. No. Next year, guys. Next year, next I'm leading year. a revolution. I want to make it into a music festival actually, and I want to headline it. I want to dress up as an alien, and I want all of us to go and dress up as aliens. But well, you already wear the light-up light shoes. Like, yeah, I don't know I'm halfway there. I wear the little the pigtails, alien-esque. I don't know. Um, that's the dream, though. You uh, you and Bendigo have that game where you, you take yes! concepts, right? Crazy game. Okay, this is the best game for songwriters ever, in my opinion. So what we do is we go on Spotify, pick a playlist, New Music Friday maybe, Pop Rising, whatever you want to listen to. Press Shuffle. You look at the song title, and then you have until that song ends to think of a better way to spin the title. It doesn't have to be the same title by the end. It just has to have something from it that you pulled from. An example of what we got from that uh, game, one of them, the song title was Jealous. So we spun it as, I'm jealous of my boyfriend because he gets to love me. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. The the most BDE song ever. Yeah, concept game. Concept game. Well, yeah, you're you're like one of my favorite concept people. Like, it's like, you you know. Splinter was fun. Like, yeah, you got. You I don't got think very... that was my concept. I think I think it was the rhyme that happened. I think, I think... we thought of that in the room. That's the thing yeah. I love. Okay, I never have that happen. It's very rare, but I always love the sessions where we think of a concept in the room and it's awesome. It just doesn't usually happen that way. Well, I just I didn't know you were you've had all those. You know, yeah, I, have I think my list. I get really anxious about list. when somebody comes in with a concept. Really? I, actually, I think of the hundreds of sessions we've done. We wrote off of a concept for like the first time a week or two ago. Wow. Um, like this guy came in and was like, what if we wrote a song called this? And we did it and it, we liked it. But uh, most mm-hmm. of the time I get really anxious by concepts. I feel like your concepts are really nice and fresh. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't feel as like 
you know, sort of suffocated by it. But I feel oftentimes people are like, what if like the song was sort of like about like letting go? And it was called like letting go. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. I, <laughs> but it's like, uh, yeah, when people come in with like concepts, like nine times out of 10, I think this doesn't like, it doesn't so interesting. play, like it doesn't vibe with me. Mm-hmm. At least yours are clever. Like I yours, that. yeah. Health, For me, health insurance like, is fucking. Yeah. That's like one of those, con- that, that's like one of those, those punchlines where you're just like, how did, how did I not come up with that? Like, yeah, it's that's like, so it's nice. like I, you're yeah. so good at those kinds of things where you're like, oh man, like that's just so fucking smart. Later on, I can show you guys what I have of it so far, and you can you can help me out with it if you want. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a fun concept. Um, well, anything else you want to shout out? Anything on the horizon? Um, um, I don't know. Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you guys so much. Thank for you. Thanks me. for coming on. This you guys was are long the homies overdue. and incredibly talented, and I'm so lucky to know you, be able to work with you all the time. Well, we'll, uh, we'll keep blessed. rising up together. This was yeah. so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> We would like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.